Hello, hello, and welcome back. We're so glad that you are listening, you're tuned in. My name is Shiv. And I'm Shay, and this is the Shiv and Shay podcast. Yes, yes, <laughs> episode three. And um, so we just want to welcome you all back and thank you for your support thus far. You know, we hope you enjoyed episode two speaking about friendship. But on the topic of friendship, Last week, after we released this episode, you know, it was so special speaking about Shay and us and, and my friendship. But do you know what she did to me, guys? Wait, what? So I was talking to her one morning. No, 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 no. It's my turn now, okay, friend? Oh, no. We were, we were talking, and then I literally, like, I ended the, the conversation with, oh, yeah, I love you, sis. Did she not continue the conversation and not say, I love you back? Guys, this is this is not friendship, Wait. okay? And, and I had to stick it on her. No. I sent her a voice note and I said, don't you ever, don't you ever ignore me saying I love you. Can you explain yourself? Do you have anything to I'm say? I'm going to or... explain myself. One, I didn't see the message because he was talking so much. And two, this whole week, you've actually been bullying me. So... I feel like, like I said it earlier, maybe, you know, we should just take a pause for my friendship, you know, for, for a few days. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I apologise. No, I we're didn't good, see we're good. it, but I did say I love you back afterwards. And I say I love you all the time. You did. You get it. You do, you do. So I appreciate you, sis. Do you guys say it often? Do we say it often? What? Yeah, like... I, I love you. you. Say, yeah, so do you actually hear it? Like, you say it to each other, not just on the phone, but... Do you know what? Do you know what I've started doing? this? I think this year in particular... I have um, made a vow to myself to say I love you to like my friends and my loved ones, whether it's via text, whether it's phone call, whether it's in person, just to end with it. And some people are taken aback. I used to be taken aback by it because it's like, whoa, that's big. But I just, with everything, <laughs> with everything that's going on, I just want those who I love to know that I love them. So yeah, it's something that I've getting into. No, I hear that. I hear that. It's a good thing. Did we say... Uh- I think I say, I love you, Shiv. I love you too, sis. I love you. I love you. <laughs> Why did you take so long to reply? Because, hmm. because. Anyway, wow. so um, <laughs> as you heard, we have a, a different voice um, in here. You know, it's not, it's not mine. It's not Shay's husky voice. We have a guest today, yeah, our first official guest on the Shiv and Shay podcast. Let's give it up for Josiah and Abigail. I like the claps. <laughs> I clap. And I dropped my phone. <laughs> so let us know who you are and what you do. Thanks for having us, guys. You're welcome. Uh, my name's Abigail. Um, I'm a teacher. And yeah, that's me. <laughs> Thanks for having us, guys. You're not just a teacher. I'm sorry. We're not, we're, we're not going to do... We're not just going to just say just a teacher. What else do you do? Because you have some magic hands. You know, you have a lot of us looking fleeky with our hair did. Let us know what you I'm do. i your magic hands. Oh, you guys are too kind. Um, yes, in my spare time, I love to, you know, do hairdressing. So I've fixed up Shiv and Shay, you know, a few whoop, times. Whoop. So, whoop, whoop, yeah, whoop. I appreciate your support, guys. And for trusting 100. me, you know, with your hair. Because I know it's a sensitive, you know, thing. Listen, Abigail is the go-to person. Like, not only did she do my husband's wedding hair, she did my honeymoon hair, my holiday hair. So, you know, we will do do a shout of your socials uh, at the end of the podcast. But let us know who else is here. Who's that husky voice that we heard earlier? No, 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 it's not husky. Husky. It's not husky. No, I won't take that. (laughs) Um, In it? She's rude. (laughs) Um, I'm Josiah. Um, Sister. Oh, sister? Wow. Brother. (laughs) 
brother sister to, of Abigail. Yeah, brother to Abigail. Um, I go by the name also, um, the King's Decree. This is the King's Decree. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm a DJ, music producer, um, and youth worker as well. So mm-hmm. I work with young people. Um, and yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Amazing. And we've both, my, both Shay and myself have had the pleasure of, you know, working alongside both Josiah and Abigail um, in a, you know, personal setting as well as at church in a ministry setting. And not only that, you know, Josiah was our wedding DJ. Beep, 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 beep. Yep, 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 yep. So we, 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 go on, we go on shout out the, the socials at the end of the podcast. So, you know, uh, we introduced a game last week on our podcast, This or That. Um, and obviously I won. Um, you can't really lose at this at that. But we're going to ask you It's not you a guys, competition. Life is a competition. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so Josiah uh, and Abigail. Guys, by the way, I'm joking. Me and Shoot. We banter all the time. But Josiah and Abigail. <laughs> Josiah and Abigail, I've got 10 questions to ask you. It's straight this or that. You know, you don't. You know me, I like to think before I answer questions, but you don't have time to think. You just have to answer straight away. Are you ready? Okay, Okay. go on. Imagine that there's intense music playing. Okay. Cool. (laughs) Are you ready? Let's go. Uh, Who's going first? uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just like I can go first. Abigail, Abigail, should I tell you why? (laughs) Abigail, I feel like you would take time to answer the question. Abigail, you're going first. I know you. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Summer or winter? Summer. I'm a summer baby, so yeah. Josiah? Summer. Cats or dogs? Dogs. I hate cats. <laughs> dogs. <laughs> you know I haters, man. <laughs> haters. Phone call or texts? Phone call. Text. Netflix or YouTube? I want to say YouTube because I'm always on it. Have we got? Why are you taking so long? Because I never had Netflix. Oh. <laughs> okay, YouTube. I go YouTube. I've got Netflix now, but like I didn't have it for a while, so yeah, YouTube. iPhone or Android? iPhone. <laughs> iPhone. And this Come is on. someone that's got an Android, so yeah. Huh? <laughs> eh? I thought you was going to say Android. I said it. No. Anyways. I miss iPhone, I can't lie. When I've got Come iPhone back money, to I'll the... Come back to us. Join us. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> DJing or performing? Performing. DJing. Jell-off rice or fried rice? Jell-off. Jell-off rice. Pounded jam or yam porridge? Pounded jam. Mm, that's a tough one. It is a tough one. Yam porridge. Yam porridge is my thing. It's banging. Music or science? <laughs> music. Music. Really? Coming from a science teacher. Yeah, music. I know. <laughs> Nigeria or England? Nigeria. Well, yeah. To an extent. <laughs> that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Mm. But I love the sun, I can't lie. And being around family, it's just a beautiful thing, so. Yeah. yeah. Probably have mm. to go Niger- yeah, Nigeria. I know some people are going to be like, what? Why didn't I answer that quicker? But mm. <laughs> there's, there's parts of there's parts of both that mm, annoy me. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So, yeah. That makes sense. All right, the last question. This is the most important question. Are you ready? Oh, I know what's coming. We all know what's coming. Oh. We all We all know. <laughs> Josiah's worked with us for too long. All right, you have to answer this. Shiv or Shay? Siobhan. Well done. That is the right answer. That is the right answer. How do you spell it? 
How do you spell Siobhan? Do you know what? That's um, a name that I've always struggled to spell, so... <laughs> Miss Science We'll teacher. leave that one out. Josiah. Josiah, did you answer? Huh? He did it. Josiah's done that thing where he just goes quiet and acts like he's run away. And then, uh-huh. <laughs> we know you're there. Amen. Jesus. Jesus. He said Jesus. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Jesus because you're both creating the image of God. How about Amen. that? Hey, glory. Hey, that deserves a click. I love that. Glory be to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Everyone shout hallelujah. Anyway, so we're gonna get into things. We're gonna we're gonna bring back the room, or as they say on Clubhouse, I'm gonna reset the room. Reset the room. Um, So as you can see, reset the room. I know I'm only on Clubhouse for about two weeks, and I've already got the lingo. Um, But yeah, like I said, um, or like the title reads, um, we'll be speaking today about grief and loss. And this is actually the start of a new series and we'll be covering grief, losing loved ones and different people's experiences about this topic. So this won't be the last time that we'll be covering this. Yeah, we figured out that this is something that we need to cover as... um, myself and Shay and people that we know have experienced death in some scope and especially in the midst of the pandemic and even before that and not only that we have amazing people here who will share their own experience of losing loved ones our prayer is that their story and journey can encourage you and lift up the listeners so with that being said um i have the privilege and the honor of handing over to Josiah and Abigail um and like i shared um earlier you know we've journey together whether it's on a personal um aspect and as well as ministry but I've also had the privilege of hearing um both of your stories um and I've seen how strong you both are um in dealing with you know grief and loss and um we of course want to approach this conversation really sensitively we know that what you've suffered in the past is a great loss and we also know that there are people who are going through similar situations. Um, so we want to give you guys the space to to share your journey, your experience um, about losing your parents. So um, I can hand over to both Josiah and Abigail. You can give us like a backstory on, on your story. All right. So um, I think I'll do it this way. Or should we say we'll do it this way? Um, I'll talk on losing my mum and then Abigail will talk on losing our dad. Um well, I'll say our mum, yeah. I don't know why I said my mum, but yeah. Um, and then kind of tie some things back into together. So um, uh, we lost our mum when I was six, or on the verge of turning six, and Abigail was th- uh, three. Um, yeah, I was six and she was three, yeah. So um, very, very young. Um, but for me, I, obviously I grew up kind of having memories of my mum, Um I even, I don't, sometimes I have like, sort of, I don't know, some the way my mind works sometimes, I can remember like very sort of weird things at times. So I can remember being on my mum's back, like when she would put like, you know, I have like some very strong images of being in the kitchen while she's cooking and I'm, and I'm actually on my mum's back um, and her rocking me and stuff like that while she was, um, you know, cooking. And... Um, yeah, so we lost her because um, she had breast cancer at the time and then also had like additional sicknesses um, for about two years. So the constant sort of going back and forth to hospital um, to a point where um, with the other illnesses that she had, walking um, was an issue. Um, 
also affected like her neck as well. So she was quite, even at her posture as a whole was quite hunched to a degree. You know, my dad is the sort of person where he understood, you know, in sickness and in health till death do us part. So he really like, that was a great example for me to see that basically. So, you know, would, you know, take her to the um, hospital appointments and so on and so forth. And um, yeah, just do what he needed to do. And what was interesting at the time as well was there was still joy in the house. So, you know, even though my mom couldn't necessarily do much, but just even just like, you know, um, waking up, like one of the things that was we always had to do was wake up and give my mom a kiss um, to the room. That was always a good thing. And then like, even when we had like family over and stuff like that, it never felt as if like my mum wasn't active with us basically because of the illnesses and stuff like that. So um, she brought, she really, I remember her even kind of showing me like, you know, like what she had to do in the mornings for to um, like change over. Like she had like certain pads that she had to kind of change every sort of morning because of the leakages and stuff like that, basically, and the infections and stuff. So she'd even like show me like, okay, like, this is what's going on, you know, so you're aware of it. So it wasn't a thing of like sort of trying to put us away. And um, again, I was very cl- like, yeah, really was very close to my mum as well. So when she did pass, it was um, very, very big. It was a shock, especially more to, you know, the family and everything like that. And I remember just sort of, it's weird. I didn't understand it, but I understood it at the same time. So even I remember like... Um, even at the funeral and stuff like that, just consoling um, my dad, like just putting my arm around him and say, dad, it's all right, it'll be okay, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. And I remember like one of my uncles was just kind of saying like, saying to my dad, like encourage me, like, come on, like, can't you see your son's encouraging you? And I'm like, dad, it's okay, it's okay. It's like, mm. um, I kind of had that sort of encouraging thing about, yeah, about loss in, in a way, which was quite, mm. yeah, was, at six years old, I didn't, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. But then looking back in terms of, like when my dad passed, what kind of happened? The same sort of thing kind of happened again. And it was like, wow, this is actually quite um, interesting that happened. Oh, it's not necessarily a coincidence. I remember like, um, we spoke to our dad like a few years afterwards, you know, and one of the things that he had told us, which was one of his like lessons in terms of prayer was, so he said he'd never forget one of our, um, uh, like a family friend of ours, but he's also a pastor. He said to him, um, at the hospital obviously people are coming in to like to come and pray and console my dad and stuff like that and then so he's coming as the pastor now so obviously when it's time for him you know time for prayer you know he then everyone's expecting for him to pray um the pastor to pray uh and then the pastor then turns around and says to my dad called him like oh yeah basically like short version of my surname just like oh yeah like i want you to pray and then my dad was like bruh what do you mean you want me to pray like that doesn't make any sense because like, are you not understanding? I've just lost my wife and you're asking me to pray. But then in hindsight, looking at it, it was like in the midst of, you know, death and in the midst of loss, like still being able to trust in God and pray to God. And it's not because you don't want to have in a sense that that distance from God in that sense. There. Now, I understand sometimes not everyone in not everybody's like religious or, you know, have faith in God and stuff like that. But for I think for both of us, we can definitely say having, you know, faith in God has has helped us to kind of um, understand understand life in 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 that sense. Then understand God more importantly, in that sense. There and sort of understand 
the purpose and kind of like of how God works in in a way. Do you mm. get what I'm saying? So yeah, interesting time. Um, just a lot of like life has, uh, this again. There's, there's certain things I remember that it was you know was really really key to. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I I say to I said to a few friends like if it hadn't been for my mum passing, the way I like treat women, the way I view women, my way I even treat my sister is a reflection of that basically like and I, I probably wouldn't be half the person I am today if she hadn't have gone yeah I don't think mm-hmm. I probably would be the person I was now if that makes sense although sometimes I do wonder what it would have been like if she was still alive and stuff like that either way like you know her memory always lives on I won't lie and say it was always always perfect all the way through there's there's obviously times where you know like okay parents evening you know yeah. or let's say if you had a performance at school or something like that you wish that she was there like oh because my dad couldn't make it you wish that you know other parents were like oh my mom's making it um who's making it for you uh yeah my dad's not able to make it because of work and stuff like that basically and then i grew up kind of having like a bit of a let's say resilience to knowing like okay do you know what? he's not here that's what it is that's how my life is um yeah i don't feel i should i don't feel ashamed by it i don't feel bad by it mm. like it's just the way it is do you get what I'm saying? And I, I remember like um, one thing in particular, and I, I'll pass on to Abigail. There was um, a time where I was walking to the park um, to go play like football with my friends. And there was, um, at the time I was, used to watch like um, uh, like my wife and kids. Um, Come on. <laughs> Fresh Prince, Sister Sister, Keenan. Really? All these sitcoms basically that had to a degree this like, you know, um, I think, one-on-one trouble obviously yeah. all the shows on trouble tv shout out to the re- real people who know about trouble tv um, <laughs> good times um, man good times yeah like a lot of those shows there always had like you know um both parents in in the mix basically um and then or i saw i know with sister sister it was a bit of a interesting kind of dilemma in terms of how it was but what they at least have like let's say mum and dad both there raising them and then mm. start to think about even at school, like all my friends, you know, they'd be like, ah, oh, mum and dad. And I was like, hold on, this is not my life. That's not me. And I'm okay with that. Mm. And the moment I kind of had that reflection and kind of, you know, that thought basically, it just became a bit easier to kind of be like, oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah, that's just my life. That's the way it is. And like, again, like I said before, that you don't feel shame. You don't feel disheartened or you feel at disadvantage or anything in that sense there. So yeah that's just the way it is and yeah. like but it's it's not to take away from the fact that god is not still caring for you if that makes sense so yeah i'll end then i'll pass it to Abigail. that's amazing thank you for sharing yeah there's <laughs> i feel like what he said alone is so jam-packed um, yeah but yeah um i think yeah that's the way we've been kind of brought up like it is what it is like this is the situation how do we move past it? How do we, you know, just keep going despite, you know, the difficulties? Um, but yeah, like Josiah telling the story about, you know, my mum showing him like his pads and stuff. This is actually the first time I'm hearing that. Um, but wow. I think that just kind of alludes to the kind of kind of parents that we had. Yeah. Um, yeah. They were always very open with us. Yeah. In particular, my dad, you know, he was very open with us, very transparent. Um so 
And I think that kind of prepared us for, for his passing as well because he was so transparent with, you know, the difficulties that he went through um, when our mum passed. So, for instance, we actually went, you know, at six and three, we went to, you know, the funeral home or whatever to go and see my mum in the casket, you know. Um, and I'm not sure how many parents would want to do that to their young kids. Mm. Um, but, yeah, we saw her in that state, you know. Um, so I think it. my dad's philosophy was, you know, trying to be as open as he could be with us to prepare us for life, basically, because he knew firsthand <laughs> how difficult life could be. And I guess he just wanted to prepare us in any way that he could. So, yeah, our dad passed away in 2014 now. Mm. Um, so, yeah, approaching seven years, which is actually mad. Like every, you know, the anniversary is like, I'm like, what? How is yeah. it? How is it three years? How is it five years? How is it seven years? Like it, it's just gone so quickly. But I thank God that, you know, God has sustained us through throughout this time. Yeah. Because um, honestly, like things could be a lot worse. And like every morning or most mornings, <laughs> I wake up and I'm just thankful that I've got like a sound mind because I think, you know, not everyone handles loss and grief, you know, <laughs> in a good way, you know, it, it causes some people to, to go off the rails, you know, and to go into a state of depression or suicide. Mm. And yeah, I just thank God that we've had a sound mind through this. And one thing I love, I think, again, it goes back to our upbringing and the way our parents brought us up is that you wouldn't be able to know our story unless we actually open our mouth to tell you. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't, we don't live a life of like defeat. Um, so yeah. And for me, like, my philosophy has been that, yeah, we've been through a lot, but I never want that to be an excuse as to why I can't do something. Um, yeah. So, yeah, never want that to be an excuse as to why I can't progress and move forward and do what any other person could do with both parents, you know? Um, so, yeah, mm. that's something I'm always striving for. So, yeah, Dad passed away in 2014, and to be honest, that was, like, completely out of the blue. Um, it was just a normal day, I remember... Um, I think I got back home from work that day. My dad was home and then he said that he was going to see a friend. Um, and then, yeah, I just remember saying, okay, see you later. Um, but that later never came. Like that was the night that he, he passed away. Um, yeah. And it was just, yeah. I remember like the day that it happened, like the police came round, you know, to the house and Josiah was downstairs um, and it was like late at night as well, maybe like after 12 or something. Yeah, I think like one in the morning or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and like luckily just I was still downstairs, although he was sleeping, but the light was still on. So at least, you know, they, they knew that someone was home. Um, so yeah, they knocked, obviously Josiah answered. Um, I'll let him maybe explain exactly what happened if you want to. Um, but yeah, and then when he came up and, and, and told me, like, I was sleeping, actually. And then he, yeah, woke me up and then he was like, oh, yeah, um, dad's passed away. And I was like, huh? He was like, dad's passed away. I was like, huh? Like, just couldn't process it, you know? Um, so, yeah, like, the police, you know, like, Josiah told me that, oh, yeah, we need to, like, you know, go to go see our to, dad. Yeah, to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah to go to the hospital to go see our dad yeah. and, like, identify the body, basically. Um, and I remember, like, just being so confused. Like, what do I wear? Like... Yeah, it was just so, so strange. I didn't, mm. I was like, is this enough? Like, I was in my dressing gown, like, is this enough? Do I need anything else? Like, yeah, just being so confused. Um, yeah, and then, obviously, went into the police car, took us to hospital. That was even weird, being in the back of a police car. 
Um, but yeah, I just remember like so many emotions going through my head, like, nah, this can't be real. But then also anger, and it's like, what? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got there, saw our dad, and yeah, we just like started crying. And um, and I remember like, it was so strange, like I kept needing to use the toilet. <laughs> And I'm someone that's always, I always need the toilet anyway, but it was like every like two minutes kept needing to go toilet. Like I was like, what is going on? Yeah, so that was something that was very strange. But again, like what I loved, and this kind of goes back to the story that Josiah told about my dad being told to pray, like when, you know, my mom just passed away. I remember like, okay, we saw our dad, cried a little bit, and then Josiah prayed, you know, and like, I can't remember specifically what he said, but it was along the lines of, do you know what, if it's God's will for him to live, he will live. If it's God's will for him to die, you know, then it is wow. what it is kind of thing. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah, and I think that's always been our stance on, you know, this loss that we've experienced. Like, God's will will prevail no yeah. matter what. Yeah. You know? Amen. Um, so, yeah, and I think following on from that, the hardest and well, another hurdle was like letting close family and friends know. Um, mm, yeah, that yeah. was ugh, like, how do you break this news to them? You know, so that was a whole nother experience. And then I think just seeing other people's reaction as well, because, you know, like I said, the way our dad brought us up kind of prepared us, you know, for for what we experienced. But then for other people who necessarily haven't had that, lost before and these are people that are older than us people that we look up to mm. that we call auntie and uncle and then they're breaking down in front of us and we're like consoling them <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. was such a strange thing yeah. um and i remember like one time when we had like you know obviously bare people come around your house to console you um and then uh, i remember there was just one time that everyone was like really really down and like josiah said again our house has always been like a house of joy and peace mm. Um, yeah. and it continues to be, thank God. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that time when people came around and then everyone was just so sorrowful and down and everything, and then Josiah just came in when it was like, do you know what, nah, you know, like dad wouldn't want this, you know, like let's be, let's just rejoice and, and be thankful for the times that we did have with him and everything. So yeah, again. Oh, the people were confused actually at that point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because um, when I... I, I I'd said like, I just looked around the room and obviously you had everyone's head down and stuff like that, basically. And it was just awkward. There's like, obviously with like losing someone and grief and because of the shock of it, basically, it's the fact of people can't necessarily comprehend that this person had gone. So someone who, you know, until this day, we still get people that don't, that don't have, have a bad word to say about our dad and it's encouraging to hear that. Mm. And so I understand like the shock of someone like that and obviously some people will say stuff like, nah, do you know, God, take me instead of this man because this man was too good to have gone. <laughs> mm. And so when I'm looking around my house, yeah, obviously there's just like, there's just this vibe in the house. I'm just like, ah, I can't function in this. Yeah. I really can't function in this. And I just obviously just said like, listen, like guys, I know this is a house of, of peace everyone can attest that when you've come here you found joy you found peace being there to the point where sometimes you people don't even want to leave <laughs> like and so for you to kind of like you know I said I will not have my house be you know this house be a house of like sorrow um 
and despair. Like, no, no, no. We, what we're going to do is look, we're going to trust in God. And I said, look, if anything, you lot, we may not understand now how God works, but in due course, we'll understand why it was that God would have it this way. You may not understand it right here and there, but like, and it's hard to even comprehend it because you're still getting over the shock of it. But I just said, listen, you lot will understand you know, you lot will understand in due time. Don't worry, mm. you lot will understand. And when I said that, there was just like a confusion, you know, confusion in it because I was like, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Is this an act that you're trying to... Like, it's funny because when we... The whole, like, situation, like, the whole preparation, the funeral and everything, everyone thought it was an act because as soon as we came back from the hospital, um, it was funny because we literally kind of, like... We both like tried to, because obviously it was like one in the morning. We came, once we came back, I think about something like, I think about, no, we, we came back, we came back like next morning, obviously that like later on in the morning, probably like, let's say about eight, nine or so, I want to say something like that. We might've been even earlier, to be honest. I remember us sitting down on um on the on the sofa, we had like a blanket and was like, all right, cool. We're going to go sleep. Literally, it's like, we put our head back, literally closed our eyes, knock on the door. Then from then on for about, let's say, 24 hours straight, like, basically, yeah, people started coming in and so on and so forth. No, actually, even before that, so we had um, a family friend who was staying with us. It was one of my dad's, one of my dad's friends. He was staying with us and um, we could hear some crying. But we thought, oh, it's probably our neighbours or something like that. Because our neighbours at the time were elderly. So we just thought oh, I might be, and it sounded almost like a bit of a laugh to a degree but we couldn't necessarily understand because it was just sounding muffled anyway and then we're like trying to figure out where's this noise coming from yeah. it just sounds a bit too close um and then went upstairs and found out it was our family our uncle who was staying with us at the time and he was just crying like like god like why did you like my friend this is like my my best my close friend why is it him why is it him so we consoled him and then was like okay then we went to then we were like, okay, let's now go to sleep. Literally then, yeah, put our head back on the sofa, then closed our eyes. The minute we closed our eyes, duh, 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 yep, doors open, everyone starts coming in and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then literally everyone that came to the house, they thought they were coming to console us. Mm-hmm. What ended up happening is that every person that came through the door, I cons- like I met them at the door. If I didn't meet them at the door, I think Abigail would meet them at the door. So it's like, okay, so if we met everybody at the door, like, so they were kind of a bit like shocked to be like, hold on, wait, what I meant to be coming. They, they, they thought that we would be on the, like the sofa crying our eyes out type of thing. So they came, I think with the mindset of ready, being ready to console us. And a lot of the time it's just a case of like, you know, as they were speaking to us, they just broke down and then, you know, or when they were praying, they broke down and then we just had to end up like, you know, consoling them and stuff like that. I remember a couple of times we were looking at each other like, rah, like, is this this is this is a bit awkward because obviously like we're just consoling them sort of thing yeah. but all throughout that time and even up into the funeral everyone was just thinking nah okay at some stage they're gonna break at some stage they're gonna break at some stage they're gonna break but then it was just like you know nah because like as Abigail said in terms of when we're at the hospital and I said basically if it's the will of God for my dad to die he'll die if it's the will of God for him to be alive he'll be alive because I know some yeah. people will come to the hospital and start praying and so on and so forth. So like, I just knew it was going to happen. But the minute I said that, that's when I then felt peace and was like, okay, 
And it was, it was funny because I, I felt like I, I, w- I kept seeing my dad in the corner, just like looking at, looking at us, kind of just being like, okay, cool. I see what you guys are doing. Like, right, you guys are doing, like I'm, like, I'm kind of, I'm looking back at my work and being like, right, okay, I've done well, actually. I've mm. done well. So there's yeah, random moments here and there where I just, like, I could, I could see him just kind of just being like, okay, just that nod of approval. Like, okay, I see you. I see you. I see you. Um, so, yeah, just, just consoling everyone. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, it was interesting. Thank you so much for sharing. There's a couple of things that you guys said. Um, and the first thing you said was that there's always joy in your house. Like, I've been to your house, obviously. You carry joy. Like, whenever you walk into a room, um, I think of Josiah in times of ministry or, or when you're DJing. There's such joy that comes from you. Like, people are so comfortable to be around you. And I just thought that was you as a person. But I've, I've now learned that actually that's something that your, your parents instilled in you. And that's so amazing to hear and know. Um, and it's the same thing with you, Abigail. We've had... Oh, I think especially in the last year we've spoken a lot more and it's just that your desire you get excited when you talk about the worship that you've done or when you talk about work there's there's like a glistening in your eyes um, and that's amazing to see and it, yet again it goes back to how you've been brought up and you spoke a lot about faith in God but also people coming to support you now obviously when someone passes and, and you hear the news like I know for me, I always struggle with what to say. I think when it's when it's friends, it's a little bit different. But when it's a relative or a parent, I'm like, God, for me, I'm like, God, I don't, I don't get it. Like I've never experienced it. So people struggle with what to say. What encouragement um, would you say to people who are struggling to find something to say, or what is the best way to support someone when grieving? Because you know, you spoke a lot about you helping people even though you lost your parents or your father in particular and it's kind of weird because you expect something different but yeah what would you say to someone who who wants to support someone who's grieving what's the best way of encouraging them do you know that's it's a funny question because I feel like even though we've been through what we've been through when I hear you know that someone else has experienced loss sometimes I don't even know what to say myself Mm. (laughs) um and I, I I still find myself getting into that um not that trap, but that space where you're still saying those common phrases like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss and sorry to hear, you know, I still find myself in those, you know, saying those things to people. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, like, and the reason is because even though we've been through what we've been through, everyone experiences um, loss in a different way. Definitely. So... I can't approach a situation as if like I'm an expert on the topic and I know exactly what to do to get through your feelings. No, Mm. (laughs) because, you know, the way I dealt with it is going to be completely different to the way they deal with it, you know. Um, So for me, it was enough just to retreat and pray and get closer to God. And that helped me to overcome. But for others, that's not, you know, necessarily what will work for them. Um, But I think for me, one thing, you know, like to be on the receiving end of of you know loss is that i think it's showing that you're consistently there for someone i agree Mm. agree. so because obviously at the beginning everybody's going to be influxing you know messages and and calls to that person that's experienced loss 
I think what really sticks is whether, you know, that person is consistently there. You know, once that one year anniversary has gone, once that two year anniversary has gone and like just consistently showing your support. Um, so for instance, um, and it's funny, again, this is something our dad prepared us for. Like he told us, you know, that when our mum passed away, you know, everyone was there at the beginning, um, you know, showing that support, showing up to the house. But then and then he was like, oh, but just, you know, wait and see how many people remember the first year anniversary, you know? And then we actually saw that, you know, the, the rapid decline, you know, in the amount of people that were reaching out to us. But at the same time, like on the flip side, you got people that have really stepped up, you know? Um, so even if it's just consistent calls, you know, now and again, just consistently check in, or um, if it's little things that you do here and there. So for instance, um, I don't know, just going around that person's house to just help out, you know, with, I don't know, housework, just, you know, little things that you can do to show that you're there, that you're present um, and that you're willing to, to help them, I think. Just any little ways that you can think of that will ease their burden. Um, someone else that went through a similar situation uh, with us um, and then I remember hearing her story and then I just remember reaching out to her I think we just arranged like a meetup basically where we could just share experiences and just talk. Um, so I think just little things like that where you're showing that you're going out of your way and it's not just the typical phone call, the typical text. Um, but yeah, over the years, consistently showing that you're there for them, basically. It's kind of a long-winded answer, but yeah. <laughs> That's good, thank you. No, it, make, it makes sense what you've shared. Like What you've shared makes a lot of sense because um, I think... For me, in my experience of um, losing family members or supporting someone who has lost family members, I've just had a great, you know, sense or urgency to be present. You know, obviously you have different relationships with different people, but, you know, there are some who are sort of like dear family, dear friends who are really like, you know, you held really closely to your heart and you just have a sense to be present just to support, you know, that person, you know, remembering the anniversaries and remembering, you know, Mother's Day to send them a gift and something. So I think what you said is really key. And, you know, you touched on um, something earlier um, about family, your family were coming over and you were kind of consoling them. Um, but I just wanted to ask, you know, how um, were things for for you guys in terms of you know family being um like stepping in like did like did you have family members sort of step in on a like parental role you know offer support and counsel that kind of thing and 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 something that's always gone through my mind thinking of like you know if I if I was to lose my parents say if I was a lot younger and stuff like things like the house you know the the their their belongings bills like that's the kind of thing that goes through my mind like what happens there and then and I, I know you guys were you know older and probably working at the time as well but you know how were things for you in terms of like you know the logistics and you know family stepping in there sort of like um as a parental role um so this is the thing so since like our mum passed one of the things that we had so my mum had like what six sisters the seven in total yeah. so at one stage or another we'd always have them let's say at least one of them will come and spend some time at the house. So it was spent like, even like a summer or come on holiday. So we've got quite close family in terms of, so like we've got in a sense, basically like six mothers, basically. In terms of family, we've always been quite close with, you know, mum's side of the family. Um, not so much as our dad's side, just because of distance in terms of being in Nigeria and stuff like that, basically. Um, but then, yeah, in terms of the family knit, it's always been sort of very close so 
we never felt as if like we didn't necessarily have parental support side is getting closer yeah um i think like the more that we've been back to nigeria as well yeah. so it's had we've it's given us the opportunity to get closer to dad's side as well yeah um so yeah so that's been uh a, a nice thing actually yeah getting to know them a bit more as well yeah yeah so in regards to like okay with like the house and stuff like that there was elements of boy you just got to step step up and just kind of go with it i think for the first let me say for me anyway I'd probably say the first, like, let's say two years after my dad passed, I was two, three years, I was probably, I felt like I was just going in autopilot because you step up um, to kind of making sure you want to do stuff and, okay, make sure this is in place, that's in place, this is in place, that's in place. When that was happening, the only sort of um, solace I had to a degree was was driving in silence in my car and um, just to be able to process my thoughts and to process like what's actually actually hear what's going on in my head so because if you have sometimes at times like okay you can have music in the car or you listen to something and it just you end up sort of become that becomes a distraction to knowing what you're actually thinking so even like sometimes now there's there's times where I can, I can, I can drive for time and not realize I've realized that let's say let's say three quarters into the journey that oh snap I haven't got the radio on because I've just been so used to doing it sort of thing. Like I've done two hour drives where I've just had nothing, just literally the sound of, let's say, what's going on around has been basically in a sense the music, but it's just been more intentional in terms of just thinking of my thoughts and what's what's going on. Um, one of the things, again, it goes back to what Abigail was saying in terms of like how our dad was preparing us. So one of the things that helped us was, and I'll be honest, was uni. So... Our dad encouraged us and said, listen, none of you lot are staying at home when it came to uni. Like, I need you to go far away. <laughs> I need you to go explore life. Do you get what I'm saying? So I went to Southampton, then done my three years, came back and then literally tag team my sister. Then she was um, off to Brighton and spent her three years. So like in terms of, and, and, and as well, some of the things in the house that has started saying to us, okay, once we obviously had a job, all right, cool. Now you take this ownership of the bill. You take this. So it obviously been paying bills, obviously whilst we're at uni, but then when we came back, it was like, okay, now we're having a um, a footing in terms of what goes on in the house, basically. We're just, because we had the intention of like, we just want to ease the pressure off our, because we're in a space where we can ease the pressure off our dad in that sense there. So, all right, even if it was a case of like paying for the like mobile phone bill, all right, if it was the pay, I took, let's say the gas and electric, that was my thing basically. And you know other other bills so it's just a case of like taking off the the burden and but then in doing that now when we look at it, it doesn't feel weird we, we didn't have to quickly adjust to it and feel like oh snap we ain't even got enough money to do this like oh wow there's not because we're already in that in that mindset and already in the process of doing that already in that sense there so um it was yeah it was just fairly sort of there's only there's certain things that okay, obviously we'd have to have a discussion in terms of, all right, who's taking what? This, okay, might need to cut back on this. All right, can we cut back on that? Cool, can we do this? All right, cool. And then have a conversation and, and, and kind of get things done. But again, that thing was always in, in motion already. So like I dad had kind of said, to, yeah, this is what, you know. He, and the funny thing is for him, it was always like, sometimes he might do it in a joking way. So he might say like, for instance, to my sister, like, oh, 
So is this what you're going to be doing in your husband's house? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a slight, small, small joke like that. But then kind of set a, a, a thing in our head of like, actually, when we, yeah, actually true. When you are, you know, when we do have our own families now, what are we going to be doing? And I, and I remember like, um, my dad did say to us one time, Marge, you know, I appreciate the help you give to me in the house. So then hearing that was just like, it, it kind of put an element of, wow, actually, we're being acknowledged for for doing good, if that makes sense. And I think the thing is, he didn't have to necessarily do it, but then because we felt the we felt the way of now, nah, you've actually you've done a lot for us, and this at least is, this this is the way we can pay you back. At least, like obviously, we had you know intentions to do much much more, but at least for now, if we could start with this to relieve the burden at least this is something in that sense there. So hearing him say that was such a big, um, yeah, it was a big thing for us. And just um, in terms of like, from a logistics point of view, um, yeah, I just remember there being like so much paperwork, so much back and forth, like, yeah. oh, yeah. like you underestimate like how much it costs, you know, to, to just send off documents. Yeah. Um, yeah. But obviously you have to do like recorded delivery and all that and just the, the cost of that just piling up um mm. but yeah one thing that i remember like very early on we had to make sure we we did um was like you know for instance like going to the banks just to notify the you know the banks that you know dad has passed away um just to close his account so that was like one of the um i guess yeah one of like the the real <laughs> real life things yeah. that you had to experience you know once that person's passed um another big thing was like clearing out his stuff as well i know a lot of people they wait to do that but that was something that we did quite early on yeah um yeah. yeah i think yeah and it was actually like a family friend that yeah she encouraged us to do that like not wait too long before we sort out his stuff and just you know set, um yeah either give it away to charity or send it back home to nigeria so yeah and i know like a lot of people they would wait a while to do that but i think i don't know for us i don't know why but we just did it and it wasn't too bad i guess but yeah, those are like two things I would say that are like very real, you know, in terms of like, okay, yes, you're you're grieving, but this also has to be done, you know. So, yeah, those are the things I would say. I think that's so good. Like, I, I'm I'm just reflecting on that last point you said about moving stuff. Actually, I've got friends mm. who've passed over ten years ago, and actually, the house still looks the same as it was ten years ago. Um, but I think that moving on, it, it sort of signifies that, okay, I'm, I'm coming to terms with mm. this, if that makes sense, although it's not easy. Just as you were speaking, uh, uh, the first question you asked, you said this, um, Josiah, you said this is what your dad taught you. In the midst of death and loss, still trust in God and pray to God. And then you also said having faith in God has helped us understand life. Um so I'm going to ask this question, um, and you sort of alluded to it already, but did losing your parents uh, affect your relationship with God? Um, and would you say you're in a better place now? Effect normally has a negative connotation, um, but you spoke of, both of you have really spoke of a positive reaction to your relationship with God. So how has uh, the passing of, of both your parents shaped your relationship with um, God? I'll say this right yeah. Um, and it may sound a bit funny, but you understand it. So losing our parents 
it's, su- it's supposed to affect our relationship with God. If it doesn't affect your relationship with God, it doesn't make any sense. Because when we think about all the names that God is and what we, you know, profess to say, all right, God is a healer, yeah. God is a comforter, God is a, he's with us, he's Emmanuel with us, he's all these names, he's our provider and so on and so forth. Unless you have been through these things, you can't call him that. Mm. Come or, on, Pastor Jason. Or if it's, oh, stop that. <laughs> or even if it's a thing of, let me not say you can't call him that but you won't truly understand why people call him that. You won't understand yourself why he himself said he is that. So for God to say, I am that I am, is is like going back to say, listen, I'm everything that you need, whatever you need it to be, you fill in what you need me to be and I will be that. So if he comforts, you know, the lost and strengthens the weak, I need to be, to have lost i need to have been weak for me to know him as that yeah 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 so there's a song song that obviously says you are my strength strength like no other i need to be weak in order to feel that sometimes what usually would happen sometimes because always there's always a thing of questioning god why why did you do this why did you do that and majority of the time when that happens basically there's always going to be a silence from god because one it's funny because there's a like um, Nigerian chorus or let me say African chorus that says basically unquestionable you are the Lord unquestionable you are the Lord Africans chorus always have this thing of repeating itself basically but when you deep it it's like who are we to question God hmm. he has the he has every right to be silent in that moment and reason being is because even in the moment of loss you're not meant to understand why if anything I'll say there's no point you understanding why he went or there's no understanding why this person went why that there's, there's no point understanding it right now in that moment in order for so like I, i'd even say and I, i've said this to a, f- a few friends half the stuff that i'm doing now i wouldn't be doing if my dad didn't go if my parents didn't go because there's an element of like you know sometimes like a safety net to a degree so and on top of, on top of that it's like i need to know god for myself you know yeah like the bible says about you know, everybody working out their own salvation. So I can't, it's, it's very good for me to know the God of my fathers or my father, should I say? Because uh, Africans would say, God of my fathers, you know, <laughs> or my forefathers and all those things. There. It's good for me to say, even say, oh, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Oh, great. The God of Moses. It's great for me to know that, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I still, I still need to experience God for myself. I can't depend on that. So my parents' prayers have brought me thus far. Where are my prayers taking me to in that sense there? So, and it's the thing as well is that sometimes, you know, okay, do I miss my, my dad praying for me? Oh, 100%. Do you get what I'm saying? But then I remember prayers that, you know, he did pray for me and how that is basically being answered today in that sense there. So when family and, you know, when people are seeing me, they're seeing a result or the answered prayers in that sense there. So like now I'm at a stage where I'm like, okay, I, I need to be able to pray for certain things myself. And I can't always run to dad and say, oh, dad, pray for me for this. Because then I'm not realizing, I'm not understanding myself that, oh, God has given me power. So if I'm not, if I'm not praying the right prayers or if I'm not, if I'm not praying at all or trying to know God for myself, it almost defeats the purpose. Mm, it's always wow. a continuous thing. But it's part of the relationship in that sense there. I'd even say this. So, the relationship that you guys have with your parents now is a lot different or is what do we say it's a lot stronger or let me say it's a lot different because some it might be a, it might not be strong it depends 
um, but it's a lot different from how you were as kids mm. because there's a certain level of understanding now. There's a certain level of questioning you have now, a certain level of wisdom that you have now that you actually want to find out certain things. Do you get what I'm saying? There's a certain conversation and a certain level of appreciation you have towards even the smallest things. So, ah, oh, just I thank, thank you for doing this for me. And it's, mm. it's funny because a lot of the things that let's say our parents would have done that let's say would have, they would have been sh- like sheltering us from when we were smaller we now actually as as adults now are like I actually do you know what I appreciate what you done back then yeah. because the effect that it has on me now is actually mm. greater wow. in that sense there do you get what I'm saying I, I actually understand you know um like you and the funny thing is as well they might have even have felt like ah oh, I'm probably doing bad by doing this. But the effects that it had going forward means so much more to you than anything else. So, yeah, hopefully I'll answer your question. Yeah, interesting question, because I feel like over the years, I'm just learning more and more about myself. So as of late, I've um, had a few friends that are really going through it, unfortunately. But then in hearing their story, like I've come to realise that with me, for some reason, I feel like I've got a lot of like internal strength. And not to like toot my own horn or anything, but I've realized that for me, like over the years, it's enough for me just to retreat (laughs) and then spend time with God. Like, I think that's one thing that this whole experience, particularly losing my dad as well, that has really taught me is that I need to put less dependency on people and more dependency on God. Um, So when, you know, difficulties do come up, I try and take it to God in prayer, you know, as my you know first port of call yeah yeah no you you both shared just such amazing you know your story and I've just been sort of here listening just intently and and it's it's been amazing and you know I just want to end with like one final question you know everyone deals with grief differently everyone processes it differently um I find that with every passing it's always different you know for for you guys what are some things you know whilst you're processing or processed your grief what are some things and places or people that have helped you on your journey you know for those who are listening they might be seeking a bit of advice or wisdom on what they can turn to or who they can turn to even things like grief counseling you know there are things that we can use there are mediums that we can use to tap into to get that support but you know what what worked for you guys and do you have any any um thing that you can share with our listeners so I think for me like what I've learned about myself over over this time is that I feel like I'm able to internalize take it back to God in prayer and then you know through listening to what God says I can you know find solutions or what I need to do next to overcome you know whatever I'm struggling with um and I know that's not the case for uh, you know for a lot of people um but I'd say alongside that so as well as just like over the years I've learned to depend more on God and less on people um because you know you can be disappointed by people you know a lot of the time you expect them to be there um to show that support in certain capacities and then capacities yeah (laughs) and then they just um and then they they fail you basically and then that can also have you know 
even more effect on the way that you feel. Um, so yeah, I feel like over the years, God has taught me just to put less dependency on people and more on him. Um, but yeah, to accompany that, I would say things that work for me is when I know, you know, that the stress is starting to build up or I'm starting to feel a little bit of, you know, pressure and difficulty, I just retreat. Um, so for instance, I remember like booking my f- first solo trip, I think, I decided maybe at the start of the week that I wanted to go away. And then by the end of the week, I was out of the country. Um, mm. Yeah. And there was just a time for me just to just to get away from from everyone and everything. And again, just to have that quiet time with God. I'm very random. And I think it surprises Josiah sometimes. Like I just come out with stuff and then he's like, where did that come from? So even like, I don't know, booking like a spa break, you know, going away by myself, seeing loads of couples there, but I didn't care. You know, it was just, <laughs> you know, time for me alone. So I think, yeah, I I kind of enjoy my own company because it allows me time to process my thoughts um, and to really strategize, you know, on on what's the problem or identify what's the problem okay, it is what it is. How do we overcome this? What's the next step moving forward? Um, But then also um, having like a strong support network. So I don't have a lot of friends, but the friends that I have, and I always reflect on this, they're such good quality friends. Um, Yeah. And these are people that have like always been there, like, I don't know, just random thoughts, you know, come to my recollection of like how they've been there supporting me. So I remember um you know like when my dad passed away and then you know two of my friends coming down to visit one of them you know she was still in Brighton at the time because we went to uni together um so yeah just her making all that effort to come and see me yeah just having a really strong support network I think yeah you don't have to expect it from a lot of people but as long as you've got like a a core set of people that you can rely on to a certain extent (laughs) or you know that are there when it matters you know and that can give you that advice and support when you need it I think that's what's been helpful for me um, Josiah, what about you? I think one of the biggest things for me um, was you need you need an outlet for your emotions. You need to find something that is positive that allows you to. And when I'm when I'm saying outlet of emo- for your emotions, I'm not just saying just something to take your stress out and cool. Yeah, that helps, but also something that allows you to process them because you need to be able to identify in that moment. I'm feeling like this then be able to look back and go, wow, okay. I was feeling like that I can, when I feel like that, I know it's because I was, this happened, this happened. Certain certain things triggered me. And yeah, that's why I felt like that basically. So when those feelings arise again, it's like, okay, I just know what I'm feeling. And then again, um, just knowing that you don't want to sometimes affect people's mood at times. Or do I even say even, inter- yeah, people's interaction with you. Because if you are hurt and not giving yourself the space to to be seen, to be heard and valued when you're hurt, um, what ends up happening is that you hurt people. So hurt people hurt people. When you're in a hurt space like that, things that should be coming towards you don't end up coming towards you because what you push to the forefront is hurt. And uh, people don't want to sometimes be around hurt, especially within um, within the times that we're in now, like with so many people that have, you know, lost loved ones. We're in a space and time where, you know, having so much alone time has been almost a bit overwhelming. And it, it it's okay to not be okay. Again, it's, I think it's just a thing of, like I said, just realising what, in a sense, triggers off those, you know, emotions. So even if it's a thing of, like, writing down things, 
yeah, some for some people's writing down, for some things, some people speaking it out. For me, it was just a case of I needed to be silent in my drive somewhere, basically, wherever I was going and just hear my thoughts out. Uh, I'm, I'll never forget there was a day where <laughs> I was on my way to work and I was just crying on my way to work. And I was just there like, oh, what's going on? Just the reality of certain things of so, oh, like when I get married, I think it, what, what it was, is I think for, it was around my sister's, sister's birthday. That was, it was around my sister's birthday. And I was just like, right, this is like the first year that dad's not here. Then I then started to think about, ah, oh, like when she gets married, I'm going to be the one to walk her down the aisle. I was like, ah, oh, this is a lot. This is, oh my days. Like, can I, again, I, I always had like a, a, you know, you kind of had a vision of in terms of like how things are going to be. So my role at my sister's wedding was always going to be a case of like, I'm going to be her one to, you know, to run around for certain things and kind of like help them enforce some certain things basically and like allow my dad to chill and, you know, just really enjoy the moment and so on and so forth. But now it's not that. And I'm just like, yeah, this feels a lot. And ah, just, just, just overwhelmed, just overcome by emotion. It's like, this is a lot. Then obviously I had to just dry my eyes and be like, ah, yeah, walk into work and go, oh, um, good afternoon, madam. How, how can I serve you today? How can I help you? And it was just like, ugh. but yeah, but again, because I sat down and processed those things, I was like, okay, do you know what? First of all, some of these things haven't even come yet. Yeah. I'm just putting a scenario already, the same way I didn't think my dad was going to die like that is, yeah, some of these things haven't even come yet. So you just, put, you know, put in, as my dad used to say sometimes, like put in sentiment where it doesn't need to be, you don't need to put sentiment. I was just like, ugh, like, okay, just got to sometimes just rein myself back in and be like, okay, cool. I'm overcome by emotions today. These are, these are the trigger points. All right, cool. Let's, I know them for next time, basically. Mm. And as well, because what you don't also want is like, let's say with things that are going on right now and like, you know, things that we, you know, we watch and stuff like that. There's, there can be a lot of things that trigger off emotions in, in you. And you don't want to kind of, in a sense, basically be open to that. Yeah, one second. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just reminded me that um, yeah. So around the time um, our dad passed, it was so funny. Well, not funny, but it was weird that um, on TV on EastEnders. Yes, I still mm. watch EastEnders. Yeah. <laughs> it was when. <laughs> my gosh it was when lucy bill died yeah. oh my gosh and then that process of them like doing the funeral and all that stuff some of these things like you just watch them willy-nilly not really taking it in until you're actually in that position and then everything just becomes so much realer to you and so yeah i just remember that watching that scene of them like i think yeah when they had the funeral and then um they were doing like the procession or whatever with the hearst and yeah, it just, it was also real, like, just seeing them act out those emotions, it was like, yes, like, I understand where you're coming from, yeah. kind of thing, so yeah, it's mad, and yeah, yeah, so that's one thing I, I give EastEnders, they're very real, as messy as it is, like, the storylines, <laughs> they are real. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, EastEnders. <laughs> yeah, nice, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's funny, it's funny that she said that as well, because even, I remember watching that, I was thinking, I remember the first thought that came to mind was, I don't know how much a, a funeral costs, I was like, I was like, yo, I said at that time, I was like, do I even have the money to do it? Do I have to get a loan now? Bruh. I thought a funeral cost 10, 10K. I thought a funeral cost 10K and I was just like, mm. I don't have 10K like that. And this is what's, this is what's funny. I'm going I'm to share this as, a, as a, an encouragement and testimony. So the cost of the funeral, me and my sister did not put one penny towards the cost of the funeral. Amazing. I paid for like, 
uh, underwear, basically. So what it was was what it was was this. Yeah, to dress our to dress our dad. So we because we yeah to we, yeah we put it to yeah we put our dressed up our dad in like like white native basically. So it was like oh the whole white theme. Yeah, that's the only cost. I can't remember exactly how much it was, but that's the only cost that we had. And what's funny is in terms of like contributions and stuff like that that were coming, it was like beyond. I what's mad was this. It was even like and I and I I'll share this candidly. So I thought a funeral would cost 10k. We ended up getting just over 10k in contributions. Oh, amazing. So I'm there like I'm just there like God, is this how this how you do things? I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I get what's even crazy was even like I remember the day we went to um we went to go and pay the funeral directors like we went there was like hey, here's your here's your here's your money gave him a check what's funny was when we went there they were just about to send off our invoice i was like oh, i don't need to send an invoice here you go amazing you go. paid that then i think um whilst we're clearing out stuff i remember looking at like the cost of like what our dad had to pay for a funeral for my mum and what we paid for um our dad's funeral and it was just like right obviously times have changed and stuff like that there but it was like it was almost like, in a sense, doubled what we had paid for my mum's funeral. It was just amazing. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Like, again, just sort of leaning in into God and leaning into just trusting him. The thing about, like, in the midst of, like, when you have grief and loss, like, it's, you know, when they say about having faith as small as a mustard seed, just the thing to be able to say, do you know what? Okay, God, I don't know how, don't know when, just, yes, yeah, in your hands. Sometimes that's all, that's all, that's all it is. That's all it is. To see God honor that was just yeah, it was just it was just amazing. I love what you guys have said. Um, there's there's so much, there's so many gems in that. A key thing that stood out to me is Abigail. You said actually, let's watch out for your trigger moments because actually, when dealing with grief and and loss and and all of that, actually, a whole ten years later, you can smell something or see something, and it brings you back to that place. You know, you still have to overcome that. Do you get it? Um, and I love that for you, watching EastEnders actually helped you. Uh, Josiah, you spoke about the cost of a funeral. Actually, until you have to pay for a funeral, you don't, you, you never think about the costs. I remember when my nana passed away and even when my best friend passed away, when I saw how much things cost, I was like, what? Like, how, yeah, how, how do you prepare for that? And I think I've learned, from that is to I want to put money towards my funeral so that it's not God willing if I have children it's not a burden on them but actually knowing what I love about your story is actually there was a support network around you and God provided and Josiah you said earlier how do you know about God until you go through things and actually through your story you've seen that God is the provider we've seen that God is faithful we see that God is there God is all of that so guys honestly thank you for for sharing your story like i'm so encouraged even as you've been speaking uh, i'm going back to moments where i've lost friends and going through my emotions i'm like oh yeah this is when god's done that or this is how i feel and and this is how i've processed it it's actually made me it's confirmed about when i'm supporting people actually the best thing i can do is just be present yeah um and it's abigail you said it being there for the first month or up to the funeral was great but actually what happens two months after the funeral 
how are you supporting a family and I think that that's so important so thank you guys I, I really pray that as people listen to this story and as you continue to support people who may be going through something similar like it's, it's a ministry that you have do you get me and I hope that you really begin to support people in ways that you don't imagine and you know I love the fact that I remember when someone uh, at church who went through a similar situation as you two you guys were the first person I reached out to and Abigail said I've already messaged them and I love that because you when you guys support people you never do it in a public eye but you're always willing to support people so keep doing it um and yeah I'm just excited to see what happens so thank you yeah I just want to say a thank you as well you know I want to echo what Shay has said um you guys are absolutely amazing and I think you know your journey um you know qualifies you to speak to a particular audience you know in the same way Shay said how you've reached out to someone who's been in a similar situation you know I've seen you guys do that as well and and I think it's just beautiful um that you can you know share your your wealth of wisdom as well. Um, and we always close our podcast with a prayer. And, you know, I'd love it if one of you guys would pray for our listeners. You know, maybe there's someone who's listening who's lost a loved one or someone who's, you know, feeling alone or hopeless. Could you give them um, a few words um, or a few words of a prayer or even some closing thoughts? Just acknowledge the fact that everyone goes through grief and um, very differently. So you have to acknowledge that and, like so the way that me and Abigail have gone through may sound probably a bit strange or may even may not necessarily identify with that and that's that's understandable because of let's say the way our parents have raised us may not necessarily have had that at home so we do acknowledge that and I I think the main thing is what sometimes you will find sometimes is that some with the way grief takes um like sort of takes people sometimes some people might want to try and let's say feel like they can out grieve you and show that uh he really meant so much to me also that they tried to like almost overshadow okay the fact that you live with this person for all your life you've known this person longer than that person but you know but then sometimes you could just never um anticipate or even sometimes articulate how much that person meant to them and especially in terms of the stages of their life that they've met them they met the person so i know like for instance when abigail was saying about people who have like you know who have sort of left us we didn't take offense to that so whether they come to our house or not I think it's the thing of like I don't think I can account for at the minute coming to your house because what your house represented to me and having the person who brought me joy not being there feels weird for me so I probably think the best thing for me to do is stay away if that makes sense. So I'm not going to feel a certain way towards you. If you said you were going to promise me to do something, I'm not going to feel a certain way. And as Abigail said, in terms of learning to put your trust in God more than in in people is, is such a big thing in that sense. So um, I'll just pray briefly. So Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for life. And thank you because um, in all things, you're trying to teach us something. Um, and in death and in loss and in grief, that helps us to put life into perspective and helps us to understand why you did what you did on the cross to die for our sins basically Lord Father and so that we can have life eternal Lord Father and um, just pray for those who have lost um, loved ones, family members in this moment right now that you would comfort them Um, but more importantly would they see 
you would they find comfort in knowing that you are still there with them lord father and for those who are you know finding it hard to get to, to come to terms with it lord father would they find um just peace all around them lord father that allows them to move on and i pray in this moment that everything that they need in order to move on in the right way would you you know not withhold it from them lord father would you just show them that you are near to them lord father and that you would show them that you are there um and i just pray this in the name of jesus amen amen and i just quickly want to pray for yeah for people that are experiencing loss um but lord jesus i just pray for anyone that so much of their identity was wrapped up in that person that they've lost and now in the absence of that person they don't know who they are or there's just so many questions and yeah they just feel so lost without them lord and i just pray that over this time of um processing what has happened lord that you would just reveal to them who they are as individuals and that they would just be able to gather strength from that lord that yes it's been so difficult losing that person but they still exist you know and they still have a purpose and they still have life left in them you know that is meant to be lived father god so i just pray that you would just you know help them lord give them the the practical things that they need to overcome this struggle that they have lord to cope with the loss surround them lord with with what they need lord during this time in the name of jesus yeah and i just reiterate that surround them with what they need to get through yeah in jesus name i pray amen 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 thank you so much for those beautiful prayers guys you know for those who are listening if you or anyone that you know need extra support you know as you're dealing with um, grief and loss there are amazing organizations like beyond blue reach out and headspace and we'll attach them in the description and these have loads of um, helpful online resources to help you uh, if you're experiencing grief. Yeah, and not only that, you know, there's churches, places of worship, and even us, you know, we're here to listen and support, and talking to people is so important if you're having a difficult time. There's people out there who you can talk to. Just reach out. So, guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, give us a thumbs up, like, share, comment, subscribe, pass this on to someone, and if you have any sort of if there's any topics you want us to cover please message us on insta at the shiv and shay podcast yes and like we said we're on all major platforms apple Podcasts, soundcloud spotify google youtube um so we're really spoiling you this time but before we go desire and abigail we want you to plug your socials you know in case people need a dj or they need a hairdresser or even if they need someone to you know talk to off the back of today's conversation so let us know what your socials are uh so i go by the name of the king's decree this is the um, king's decree yeah yeah um i know some people sometimes get it pronounced or pronounce it wrong by saying the king's degree but it's the king's yeah <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot Did of the I time say degree? no 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 no, no you haven't said it no but some people have said oh, it before checking. yeah yeah so it's the king's <laughs> decree so that, as in basically the king decrees something and it is final hence the name yeah so um that's me on the socials um mainly on insta to be honest actually on twitter as well but i don't really use twitter like that but yeah instagram ig yeah see me on the king's decree um yeah i'm looking forward to um yeah djing out again um hey. i think i might i'll say i'll say, hey. I'll say <laughs> when will i a <laughs> again uh <laughs> i'll i'll say to um a few of my friends that i think Whenever the the next gig I have, basically, or the first gig I have after obviously lockdown 3.0, 
and it's safe to obviously set up them. Th- I think I might actually cry. Oh. I, I just, yeah, just, you know, you know what it is? Like, just being able to hear people's reaction, like, hey, it's like, hey, that's my tune. Yeah, I, I can't I, wait. Like, I'll reload. Listen, I just think I'll just, you're just going to see me just be like, just, just, just tears in my eyes. I'm like, God, I thank you. God, I thank you. Yeah. I'm going to be there. And Abigail? Um, so, yeah, on Insta, my personal account is A underscore OYE16. And then my hair page is A underscore F R O Y E hair. Okay, so A for A hair. Thank you. Honestly, hit them both up because Abigail does a blessing with my hair. Um, and Josiah's a great DJ. But honestly, guys, thank you for listening to the Shiv and Shave podcast. And we are out. Bye. Bye. Bye.